El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions, baby. And then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, fuck that. Joining me today, she is my co-host on an Unpops Network podcast called Pretty Scary that you should be listening to if you're not i guess we're not friends she also does a bunch of cool stuff for unsolved mysteries how about that ladies and gentlemen caitlin cut also joining me he is my co-host on a podcast called 69 minutes that you can hear on the Uncops patreon or supercast he's also my co-host on the 90s sucked which it'll be back someday get off my back ladies and gentlemen chat wild going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I am your host, Adam Todd Brown. Mm. Joining me this week as co-host, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host. But I do have a couple of guests. <laughs> you know them both. You love yeah. one of them. Caitlin Cut and Chet Wilder here. Hey, pretty scary. Oh, shit. Stop it, Caitlin. It's the wrong sorry. podcast. Sorry, sorry, Stop. sorry. Wrong podcast. We're talking about March Madness today. Oh, God. Caitlin. Right, that's definitely why you signed me up to talk. <laughs> well, it started out as March Madness. I'm tying it all together. Caitlin, obviously, my co-host on the Pretty Scary podcast that you can check out on the Unpops Network. If you're not, fuck you. Right. Chet is my co-host on 69 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Uh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. And the 90s sucked, which will be back at some point. How many podcasts do you want me to do at one time, America? Yeah, that's a lot. So how are you both doing? Is everyone doing good? I'm good. I just moved. So like that was incredibly stressful. That is moving always stressful. Is, moving is just a lot. But other than that, I'm great. Things are actually really good. I just got my first Fauci ouchie. So don't, feeling. Don't call it. Come on. Yeah. I'm calling it a Fauci ouchie, Adam. Is your kid What's old that? enough for you to be a soccer mom yet? Uh, yeah. In some neighborhoods. Mm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Then I guess you yeah. can say Fauci ouchie. Got my Fauci ouchie. What else are people calling it other than the vaccine? Uh, va- That's so boring. Vaccination. That's so yeah. boring. COVID vaccine is what oh, people well, are going to call Bill Gates it. microchip. Uh-huh. Oh, I got a lot of comments on the gram about how. I don't know what I'm doing to my body. And so that was cool. Yeah. That's why I chill of people. That's why I don't post shit like that on Instagram. I did get my first vaccine. Also my first Fauci ouchie. Yeah. Thanks. Good. Yep. Chat got his a long time ago because I got mine in January, but other than I got a haircut, I got a haircut and I've eaten at one restaurant when no one was there. Were you terrified? Were you so scared? Chet? Were you so scared? I wasn't scared. But I just, I have a hard time supporting, air quote, outdoor dining when the vast majority of setups are not in the spirit of being pandemic friendly. Oh, I went to pick up dinner for my anniversary with my husband. And the place that I picked it up at was full. It looked like a normal Friday night. And it was four o'clock in the afternoon. Like I got the dinner early. And was shocked by how full it was and like people yelling and literally two people coughing on each other. I was like, cool, this is yeah. going to go well. Yeah. This is great. I'm not, yeah, I'm not anti-restaurant. I certainly no. want restaurants to survive, but the places I've chosen to go are based no longer purely on the food quality. It's based on how compliant they are. Not, not even necessarily for my sake, but like I have a ton of empathy and compassion for people that have to work at places that just aren't adhering to shit. Yeah, it's rough. I should, and for the most part, the type of person that wants to. No, let me keep talking, Adam. Can we introduce the topic? Yeah, restaurants. We're talking about COVID nineteen and whether it's ever going to go away. And how people are acting like it's already going away, like Chet going to his fucking restaurants. Now finish telling me about what bullshit <laughs> coffee house restaurant. you went to. Outdoors. 
What'd you eat? What'd you eat? What'd you eat? I got a buffalo cauliflower and a tri-tip salad. That's not worth leaving the house for. Uh, I was... I was on the west side. Uh, oh, now you can't talk. Jesus Christ. What <laughs> is... <sighs> so I've been hiking Fryman Canyon, and yesterday I was the first time I hiked where I noticed more people than not were not wearing masks or doing the courtesy thing that when you walk by yeah. somebody in opposing directions, they just weren't giving a fuck. And man, was I... It just makes... Hiking's unpleasant as it is, let's be honest. So it's just adding an extra layer of unpleasantness I would not survive the Los Angeles dating scene simply because in my bio, should I have had one, it would have been opener. I don't like hiking. I hate hiking. It's my nightmare. It's the worst way for me to spend time, period. It does seem uh, like one of the safer things you could do during COVID. That's different. That's different. Yeah. I don't like it either. I wasn't on a date. I was by myself. We know. We know. So, yeah, we are talking about whether COVID is ever going to go away on this episode. Yeah, people are already acting like it is, which is alarming because, I mean, we're recording this about a week or so, 10 days in advance. So who knows? Tuesday, March 25th. Yeah, who knows if we'll even, you know, all still be alive by the time this goes up. But (laughs) as of right now, new cases worldwide increased by 8% over the last week. And at that point, it was the fifth week in a row that an increase had happened. Yeah, not a good time to be in Brazil, for sure. Oh, Brazil is, yeah. I'm sad for Brazil. That's a, It's very scary what's going on in Brazil. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't have elected Jair Bolsonaro. Great documentary about that called The Edge of Democracy on Netflix. Watch it. It's very good. Yeah, Europe yeah. is also a big problem. There is a variant that has spread from Europe. It's called B117, of course. Write it down. Mm-hmm. Cases there increased by 12%. Yikes. Somehow that's the big news, even though cases in Southeast Asia are up 49% and 29% in the Western Pacific region. It's almost as if the news focuses on the white people. That is when we started caring about COVID as a nation. When it hit Italy, we were like, oh, no, it's going to come for us next. Hey, you got the COVID. Hey, it's hey. A, that's a spicy virus. As an Italian-American, I'm offended by both of you. Good. Of course you are. Uh, we were trying to offend you personally. Started Italian-Americans will be the very last of all people that you can make jokes about. They'll be the very bottom that ever get addressed. Well, that's what yeah. you get for being white people. Yeah, basically. Duh. So Hashtag Team Mario. <laughs> a COVID. And those variants are really what worries me because I know the vaccine I got was not tested against the variants. Nope. The, the only one that I think was is the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And that's the one that is slightly less effective than the other two that we have. I don't think we've approved the AstraZeneca one here. No, it's not. No, there's a lot of drama about that one. Yeah, it, I think it's a little blown out of proportion. There are 30 cases of those clots out of like millions of yeah. vaccines that have been administered. But that's another story. It is. I guess. I'm hopeful that it can just mitigate the part where people die of this thing. Yeah. But that that doesn't mean that it's not going to totally. I mean, look, I had mono when I was in high school. Oh, making out with people yeah, in high school. Brag, brag, brag. I got it from my very first high school boyfriend, actually, for sure. And I was sick for a month, uh, like sick, sick for a month. So like this thing can still get make you super duper sick. I don't understand why people don't understand that. It's not like the smallpox vaccine where it's like going to keep you from get, you're going to get sick. Everybody's going to get this thing and it's going to keep mutating. And it blows my mind that uh, how little people understand how vaccines work. I think that's also been very eye-opening to me yeah, <laughs> in the, this process. The thing that concerns me is people who are like, well, it doesn't kill that many people, so I don't care if I Oh, that's it. a crazy thing to say. I know people that have been sick for months with well, this that, thing. Yeah, it's called long COVID. They're called yeah. long haulers. Yeah. They have people who've had symptoms for a year. The Texas Roadhouse CEO who just died. That is one of the saddest stories I've ever heard in my life. Let me tell everyone what happened. Can't wait. He got COVID and recovered from it, but 
the lingering symptoms were so bad, he killed himself over it. He had tinnitus in his ear. I don't know where else he was going to have it. You can't have it in your knee. <laughs> tinnitus in his fingers. Yeah. And it was so bad, he committed suicide over it. The one CEO who gave up his salary to pay his employees during COVID is, of course, the one we lose to COVID. Well, no good deed goes unpunished, Adam. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't mean to um, actually this, but a lot of people kill themselves every year because of tinnitus. Actually, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. My brother had it for a while and I was worried about him. It was a real thing, but But, this was related to COVID. Yeah. That's my point. Like, do you want tinnitus, tinnitus for six months? Like then you're going to wish you died from COVID. Well, Well, it's crazy that so many people that are anti-vax or very critical of vax because well, we don't know. It's a new thing. There's so many unknowns. Don't give a shit about the same factors applying to the virus. There are so many fucking unknowns. And the I, I unknowns think- of the vax are proven to be far less. Notice how there are zero people that have died from getting the vaccination, but over a half million people in the United States alone that have died from fucking COVID. I think one thing that I would say is that we don't have conversations about vaccine injury at all. And I think that I'm not saying that it's a reason to avoid it completely or anything like that. But in my experience, if you just pretend something doesn't exist and make people feel crazy, they're going to create crazy conspiracies on the Internet and convince other people that this is going to happen to them. And, you know, our healthcare system has not been a good custodian of good faith for people. And especially people, people of color. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a lot of black people I know that are not getting the vaccine right away. And what am I supposed to say? Like, I get it. They've got every reason in the world to be doubtful. And so it's frustrating because this whole virus to me feels like a really badly timed baby in a marriage. Like the marriage was already falling apart. There was no money. There was no communication. And then a a baby shows up. And from the outside, people are like, it's going to bring us all together. And then, you know, a year later, you realize things were worse than ever because we already had bad relationships with each other, period. It's unfortunate. COVID is going to be the thing that will cause a civil war in this country. And especially if it carries on longer than I feel like a lot of us are hoping it's going to. Like, I again, we're seeing, especially like in places like Florida, people are just flocking to beaches for spring break. And yeah. there's all these lockdown protests And that stuff is just going to get worse the longer this carries on. Well, I think the other thing that's going to get complicated is we're going to see states with varying degrees of policies around vaccinations and schools. And I think that is going to be a big, in the next two years, that's going to cause some geographical polarization. I think that we're going to see states with certain electorates growing and it's going to get interesting. I, I you know, I'd you love think to see there'll that, be a lot of moving from between states. Based yeah, on I, I, I do. I think, well, for example, you know, I don't want to live in a place that's going to be allowing kids and families in that isn't going to vaccinate against this thing. You know, I have people I love that are, and I, that's my decision, but I spoke with somebody recently that told me that for the last five years, she's been forging the vaccination records of her kid to get them into different schools. And now they know they can't get around that with COVID. And so she's going to homeschool. And I'm just like, this is not good. I I think it really is going to, you know, in the beginning, we were all saying like, thank God it's not affecting the kids. It's not making the kids sick, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is the topic of parenthood and raising your children that causes the most division here in the next few years about this vaccine and this virus. I wouldn't be surprised. Homeschooling in a vacuum to me, like, okay, parents want to homeschool, that's fine. But to be homeschooled by the parent who's going to be teaching you science, who is completely anti-vax, that might be a bit concerning. Well, that's the whole Ouroboros issue of the whole, that's the whole thing. I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with homeschooling. I know people that have resorted to that in the last year because of the lockdowns, which I totally understand and support. I, on principle, don't have an issue with homeschooling. You know, people should raise their kids the way they want to. But I think we're just going to become more siloed with our information, with the subcultures. And, you know, again, I'd love for Adam to be wrong about this, but unless something drastic happens where we all have some like God's not dead moment and we all come together and hold hands and cry and apologize. Yeah, I can see this getting more complicated. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, if you look at 
the demographics of the people who are opposing lockdowns and who are so hesitant to get the vaccine. Like we always say, well, yeah, I get why black people wouldn't want to get the vaccine because, you know, the syphilis experiments and things. It's not just black people. I know. Like there's a whole broad demographic of people. There's a bunch of military people. One third of military people are refusing it. Something like half of healthcare workers, like a very high percentage of healthcare workers. Well, it's it's more so nurses that are. Yeah. And here's the thing with the healthcare workers, like it's tempting to be like, oh yeah, they must be QAnon people or some shit. And a lot of them are just like, no, it hasn't really been tested that well. And I think a lot of people are under this assumption that, well, it's approved by the FDA, so it's safe. It's not approved by the FDA. It's approved for for emergency emergency use. use. Vaccines do legitimately normally take like 10 years to develop. It's one of those things where it's hard to really fault people if they're hesitant. But I wonder how much the government is going to put up with that. Because I've mentioned this so many times, but what a lot of these like storm the Capitol types don't realize is the Trump administration put a law in place that makes intentionally spreading COVID an act of bioterrorism. Exactly. So if you participate in one of these lockdown protests and it can be proven that you helped spread COVID as a result, what do you think old law and order Joe Biden is going to do <laughs> well, now that he's got that law in his fucking pocket? He's got to throw Kirk Cameron in jail. He will, and he should. Yeah. Kirk Cameron's a bioterrorist. Kirk Cameron can go to jail. That'd yep. be fine with me. Or hell. Okay. So here's one of the, the problems. Let's play devil's advocate here. Like, okay, let's say your average white Orange County protester that's anti-vax and their case is, you know, it just hasn't, we need more time to really test the efficacy and, and the dangers and side effects of these vaccines. Fine. But by and large, at least from what I've observed, those same people that want to make that case of like, well, the vaccine hasn't been around long enough. It needs greater testing. Are also the same people that won't fucking stay home, that won't wear a mask, that don't give a shit about other people. So like many that are anti-vax are also the people that won't fucking stay home and help slow the spread of the virus to begin with. Yeah. I, I, part of why we I need to accelerate a vaccine is to combat just what percentage of Americans aren't giving a fuck. Well, I also think it'll be interesting when places like the UK and the rest of Europe will say, well, if you don't get a vaccine, you're not coming here because I totally know that's going to, I mean, Italy for sure is not going to let anybody in that hasn't gotten a vaccine. Well, I think happening. or an equally alarming possibility is what if that happens here? Because here's the thing when we are talking, well, like when we are talking about black communities where a yeah. lot of people are hesitant to get the vaccine. If there's any sort of like vaccine passport system or anything like that put in place here where you're like, hey, to go from fucking state to state, you have to have proof that you've been vaccinated. They actually won't let you in Florida if you've been vaccinated. (laughs) At that point, that's basically a mandatory vaccination program. It's not mandatory, but they are saying, well, yeah. If you want to go anywhere or do anything, and what if they make it a requirement to get a job, which I'm sure a lot of employers will, then it does become just a mandatory. It's going to start happening because the thing is, this all started with one person. This whole virus started with one person. As long as one person, which we're going to get into, obviously, as long as one person has this thing, everybody's vulnerable. That's the unfortunate reality of what one of these airborne virus pandemic situations is, is, I mean, it's what's scary about it is the incubation period is scary. And the fact that some people aren't affected at all, that's scary. It'll be interesting to, you know, as we get further out to hear why we still don't know why some people get super sick and other people don't. I think that a lot will be alleviated when we understand that a little bit more too. But if these variants keep happening, I don't know how much it screws up that process. And the thing with these mask protests, if you're participating in them, I know your question is going to be, so Black Lives Matter can protest in the streets and that's fine, but we can't. Motherfucker, people at Black Lives Matter protests wore masks. You are protesting 
for your right to not wear a mask, which means you're probably not going to wear a mask when you gather in that crowd of 20,000. Yeah. And that is the difference. Like you can protest whatever the fuck you want, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. And if you're out in a crowd spreading COVID, you're a big part of the problem. We're seeing that a lot in Europe. And it seems like just with COVID in general, we've been about six to eight weeks behind what happens in Europe, like Italy. We're going to for sure. Yep. So all of that shit's coming here. We're already seeing lockdown protests. There have been anti-mask protests in California in like fucking Beverly Hills. It's going to (laughs) become a widespread thing. And I'm just really interested to see how that is dealt with. But also where these bigger outbreaks happen, because you don't hear a lot about people in. So doing what I do, I talk to people all over the country and A lot of the states that were super vocal about hating lockdowns and stuff in the beginning, they're not fighting about it anymore because their regional healthcare systems got overwhelmed. And that's not the same thing as the kind of healthcare systems that Los Angeles or California, New York, and these bigger places have. Like on paper, I guess you could make the argument that you can protest these things. But if all you have for 40 miles is a regional hospital, like... An outbreak of COVID in your small town is a very scary, it's just different. It's a much more high wire act. So I don't know how people are going to react to that. Yeah. And as more places reopen, we saw it with Florida. They reopened too early and got this massive influx of spring breakers. And if you don't think about it hard enough, the temptation is to be like, yeah, well, that's what Florida gets for easing those restrictions as soon as they did. But no, that's what the country gets because yeah. all those yeah. people went to Florida. Yeah, they're it's they're the same back. thing that happened last year. Yeah, that is how the most recent surge that happened. It was the holiday. one of those nastier variants spreads there, you know, that's why it's the mixed messaging that continues to come out by politicians trying to, you know, balance public safety with capitalistic needs and helping businesses. It just, it hurts the brain to really think about. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Well, you know, Chet and I have been messaging each other about COVID for a year now. (laughs) Yeah, we've slowed down the last two months. We both got tired. Well, also once... Biden took over, and I'm sure, you know, we can find criticism of Biden, too. I'm not saying he's the Lord and Savior, but there's a plan in place. There's competency. When he did 100 million doses in 100 days, most everyone said he was fucking nuts. And now he's doubled down. He's like, yeah, we're going to hit 200 million in 100. That's alleviated some of the anxiety, I think. Yeah, it feels a lot less like drunk dad is driving the Winnebago with the whole family in the back, kind of, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at this point. At least we're at a rest stop. We're hoisting our food into trees so the bears don't get us, for now. That's always been one of the things I console myself with when I have to vote for fucking Democrats. Joe Biden, who I would have preferred not to have been the only other option, but it's fine. Same, but same. The one thing I do very deeply in my heart believe, even though I think both sides of the government are effectively the same, Democrats handle a crisis like this better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it does feel a little, that is the one thing I will give Joe Biden, is it does feel like we're headed in the right direction, but only from a leadership standpoint. The people, it it doesn't feel that way. It makes a big difference when the leader of your country isn't, coming on Twitter every day, debunking, quote unquote, science and cutting down actual facts about this virus that is threatening the lives of so many people and confusing everyone. And also just taking the wind out of everybody's sails. Just like it felt hopeless there for so long. Yeah, I think when it comes to COVID, we're almost past the point where what the president says matters. I think we're seeing that with Trump supporters now. I think COVID is bigger than Trump. And you see that with Trump just came out last week and was like, yes, please 
get vaccinated. Everyone should get vaccinated. Nobody cared. People talked about it, but do you think these people who are wanting to storm the Capitol and kill the governor of Michigan, like this isn't a thing that they follow Trump on. I saw some coverage of CNN and NPR, what brief coverage there was, like interviewing people in Trump counties and then being like, well, he's a damn Yankee from New York. You, you can't trust him. Like Trump supporters turning on Trump. Yeah, because they're like him. It's a heel. It's like whatever the ends justify the means, whatever is the most like immediate, easiest path of least resistance to their what it's just it's too I'm too tired to even I don't even want to talk about those people anymore. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. we're going to for a second. I know. Did we did everyone see the story where one of the executives at Fox News just died of COVID? Died, Yeah. And meanwhile, Tucker Carlson is still on the air telling people they don't have to get vaccinated. It's insane. Yeah, I saw that. And I mean, I think what will be weird is, you know, six months from now when people are still dying from COVID, at some point people are going to be like, I just want to go back to TGI Fridays. What do I need to do? Yeah. I think the fatigue of their weird revolution is going to set in at some point. I'm not saying for everybody. I don't think for everybody. Well, study just came out studying introvert versus extrovert personality styles during the pandemic. And it's actually found that for a lot of people that identify as strongly introvert, that the pandemic really hasn't taken much of a toll on them emotionally. Like, assuming that they kept job. Like, we're actually, all three of us are great examples. <laughs> I was fine. Yeah. I've been fine. Like, like if Caitlin has a dinner party and Adam and I are both invited and we all have our vaccination yeah. cards, like, cool, I'll see Adam in person again. But I can't imagine driving down to Torrance to pod when we could do this. Yeah. It makes no sense now. Especially, like, you know, if your job is mostly research and being on the phone, there's just no justifiable... No. Like I have a full case of, of clients in, in, in my grad program and there wasn't a pandemic. I'd be seeing them in person, but there's so many advantages to telehealth and there's less hoops for people to jump through if they, you know, have transportation issues or if they're chronically ill or have a lot of anxiety and can't leave the house. Like there's well, just so many upsides to it. It's not to say that I don't want to meet anybody in person, but a lot of this is accelerated the way telehealth and video chats going to affect our lives. You're going to have to really want to see people now. But one of the things that I thought about is that, you know, there are a lot of people who in the last year haven't yet been diagnosed with anything. Like they've got an upcoming kidney disease diagnosis. They've got an upcoming cancer diagnosis. There are a lot of people that didn't identify themselves as a person who are immunocompromised. And in the next year, they will get that news that they are. And there's no stopping that because that's what happens when you age. And we have the largest population aging into senior living that this country has ever seen. And a lot of them were pro-Trump and anti-mask or whatever. And I'm very curious to see because as we work down our notes or Adam's notes, and we are pretty much able to prove that this thing isn't going away, it might not be going away, but I do know that people's positions on this planet change. Their vulnerability changes and it changes you. You know, my dad was a staunch Trump supporter and then he fell and became paralyzed, which isn't funny, but it sounds dramatic. He fell and became paralyzed. And guess what? Trump started taking away programs that he was dependent on and it changed him. I mean, now he'll say he's a Republican, but Trump ruined the Republican party, which is really funny to me. Yeah. Cause Trump but- was the first person to cut stuff like that. Ever, uh, you know, ever. But you see what I'm saying? It's like, that's why I have faith in fatigue, because at a certain point, like we're not all frozen in time. Our lives are going to keep going. And the more vulnerable people become, the scarier the prospect of this COVID bopping around is going to be. It just is. I really believe in people's apathy, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I'm confident that anti-mask and anti-vaccine types will have a change of heart. What I think is more likely is that restrictions will get more intense. That too. Yeah. Like, because in order to maintain a global economy, which we are, whether or not people want to believe it or not, I mean, the reasons why we had upticks in Newport Beach and Los Angeles is because we have airports there. Yeah. Like, that's what happened. Business people flying in and out of all these different countries, you know, they can't risk carrying these things around. And at the end of the day, we have to do what our bosses tell us to do, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah, we have to do what Adam tells us to do. Yeah, we're going to cool boss. Me and Andy Sell are going to do a whole episode soon about 
COVID horror movies. And Mm. there's a really interesting one that's out right now. You still have to rent it. It's not streaming for free anywhere. I'm so sorry. It's called Safer at Home. And Mm. is that the one that's all on Zoom? Most COVID horror movies are all on Zoom, like everything else COVID related. In Uh, these unprecedented times, we'll make another movie on Zoom. This is one where everyone decides to have a Zoom party where they all take ecstasy at the same time. And then about an hour in, they realize it's not actually ecstasy and shit gets very crazy. But the premise of that movie, the last scene just fucking took all the air out of me. It's them in 2021 listening to the announcement that COVID is over and that all restrictions are over. And then the movie takes place in 2023 (laughs) during the third wave of COVID when everyone is now living under martial law and you will be arrested and put in a detention center if you're caught outside after dark. Is it crazy to think that could happen here? Is it crazy to say I wish they had done that in the beginning? Well, yeah, like... Frankly, we were wishing for it then. It's not like in hindsight, like Caitlin, I remember you and I talking like, just fucking pay everybody to stay home for a couple weeks. Yeah. If we had done that for like six weeks at the beginning, we'd be in much better shape than we are now, but you can't trample on people's rights, man. So they're going to let us inch towards making it a necessity. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's what I think is more likely is it's just going to be more and more restrictions in place until you get to the point where you have no choice but to get vaccinated. And assuming the vaccine is safe, I think that's fine. Yeah, me too. You know? But if it comes to pass that it's not, here's the thing. What I would... People that would oppose that are the same people that cut out seatbelts in the 50s and 60s because they're fucking... And I've said this to friends of mine who are reluctant to get the vaccine. Personally... When it comes to conspiracy theories, and I know a thing or two about (laughs) conspiracy theories, if you're ever on my podcast, what would be easier if we're talking conspiracy theories? Producing a vaccine that only harms black people or producing a vaccine that's fine for everyone, but convincing black people it's not safe. Right. The propaganda campaign is going to be way, way easier. So like, Don't discount the idea that if you want to endorse a conspiracy theory, that could be it. It could just as easily be, oh, well, we're going to make black people think it's not safe and then they won't take it and black people will die. Here's my question. Since you are kind of my conspiracy czar in my personal life, to what end, you know, like what is the point? What are they saying? Like, if there's a conspiracy behind the vaccine, what is the conspiracy? Population control. Which is, but that's what this thing's doing anyway. Yeah. If it's about population control, just let COVID run free. That's what I don't understand about it. Like if we were talking about it in conjunction with, you know, your benign annual or semi-annual vaccines, I'd be like, okay, that, yeah, I could see where you would go with that. Well, if we have to drill down on it, you have to start from a place where these people who believe this don't think COVID is real. Okay. Like if you look into a lot of these conspiracies. You're bringing a logical knife to an illogical gunfight. Okay. All right. I brought a rubber chicken to a gunfight is whatever. And then it becomes, then it becomes, well, they're pretending COVID is real to get these vaccines in people. And then the vaccines. Which is insane to me because my dad almost died. If you're listening to this and you hate all of us up until this point, I just want to clarify both Adam and Chet. No, my dad almost died of COVID. It's fucking real. It's as real as it's going to get. I just don't understand. I and don't. Semi-related, my friend Caitlin's dad almost died. In <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> I was I affected too. Yeah. I just, it blows my mind. I know four people that died of COVID actually. I don't understand. I'm sorry. I can't. I, it's bad yeah. podcast. But you're also speaking end, to people that I'm pretty sure aren't listening to this podcast. Like I, I doubt anyone's listening to this podcast right now and hates all three of us. Hates one of us? Probably. Two of us? Probably. Three, no way. Yeah, Mm, probably not. That's probably true. To me, there are other conspiracies that make way more sense than whatever they're putting in this emergency vaccine. Like I can make space for, I don't understand the long-term effects of this thing. But then at the same time, it's like, well, do you drive a car? Do you use your cell phone? Like, where are you drawing the line in this? I That blows my mind. My favorite public health hysteria to bring up all the time is vaping. And- God, 
when the popcorn lung thing came out for starters, that wasn't convenience store jewel pods that was causing that. It was bootleg weed cartridges, but people are like, we don't know what it's going to do. So we can't allow it yet. We got it. Well, we know what cigarettes do. They kill 400,000 people a year. 400,000. And we're like, yeah, we got, we got to get these flavored vapes off the shelf. Like, no, you got to get cigarettes off the shelf. I don't understand that approach where it's like, well, you know, I heard a couple people got sick from it. Yeah. Well, did you hear the part where no one who took this vaccine is going to the hospital or is developing severe symptoms? Like I saw the most irresponsible headline from Forbes of all things. And it was like family of three diagnosed with COVID after being fully vaccinated. And it's like, morons, you know, motherfucker. Yeah. You can still get it. You idiot. That's not what this thing does. In the grand scheme of the population, if it's 95% effective, well, guess what? Yeah. 5% of a grand population of almost of millions of people, almost 400. What are we up to in the United States? Like 400 million. So like I said, it, getting the facts other than one outdoor lunch and a haircut has changed nothing for me in the last two months. Yeah, is that 328.2 million is the U.S. population. So yeah, 5% of that, that's what, like 16 million? Mm-hmm. 16.247 if I'm doing the math right in my head, which I'm probably not. Probably not. I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, even with vaccines, that still might not be enough to end COVID because nope. one of the, the things- variants. Well, there's the variants for one, which a thing came out just today that with a couple of those variants, they are able to sidestep what happens with the vaccine, which even then it's concerning, but it just means that the vaccine makers will adjust their vaccines to we'll fight. get boosters. Yeah. Like it's the same reason you have to get a flu shot every year. The flu is yes. different every year. And That's what I keep trying to explain to people. It's the same thing. And anyway, go ahead. and I actually feel like that's at least one of the reasons why I'm not so quick to like yell at people who say they don't want to get the vaccine right away. Sure. Like we did a podcast a couple weeks ago and one of the guests brought up the thing where people think the vaccine causes problems with infertility. And like, I hadn't even heard that by that point. Like I'd heard nothing about it and it was just like a quick comment and we moved on. It was a completely different topic. And someone left a comment and was like, I was very disappointed to hear you not call the guest out for saying that about vaccines. And it's like, well, that's why you don't produce podcasts. You well, want me to know. turn every episode of this podcast into a fight over the guest's personal beliefs? That's we not know. how entertainment works. There was a vaccine given to women in the fifties that when they gave birth to their daughters, it, what was it? It, quadrupled their chance of having cervical cancer the daughters that they gave birth to yeah so like they're not wrong we don't know what this thing is doing i can't imagine being a pregnant person right now can't imagine i don't know what i would do i really don't that's a really scary thought it's scary to think about my kid getting this thing getting yeah. covid or getting a vaccine it's it's always scary it's, it's i'm not trying to invalidate people but i have yet to be given information from anyone that has led me to feel like they've made a good argument. At best, people have sent me Insta stories from like nurses from their cars. And listen, I've had five open heart surgeries. Okay. I love nurses. They have saved my life many times. You know what? They're not surgeons, geneticists. Yeah. They're not immunologists. And I, I'm not trying to offend anybody here, but I'm sorry. Like there's a reason why there's more that goes into it. Am I, is every doctor the nicest doctor on the planet? No, but you kind of have to be a robot person to crack a person open like a lobster. Grubs did a great it. episode about that. <laughs> That's true. That's and I've had my heart specialist and multiple other heart specialists that I've talked to that have told me to get this vaccine. So I'm getting it. The Insta stories are not going to be enough for me. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And what I'm getting at is even if we all get vaccinated, COVID's not going away. Never. Like, especially if we're talking a vaccine that has a 60% efficacy rate, which I think is the Johnson & Johnson one. It's like 65, this, 70. This first vaccine. Yeah. Like, even with the Moderna and Pfizer ones that are 90 to 95%, like we just said, that's a big percentage of the population that can still get COVID. And oh, then die. Yes, yes and no. So, if enough people are vaccinated, and there have been, I think NPR and a couple other publishers have done cool graphics, like, 
it shows the way viruses spread. And if you get enough people that are vaccinated, like the spreading won't come into contact as much with other people that can catch it. And eventually it'll die down. Like there are serious implications for the flu, not necessarily going away forever, but like drastically being cut down because people are fucking wearing masks and are social distancing. So yeah, but even like if COVID will still be here, knows- but not in the context of how it is now. Well, that's exactly what we're getting at, though, is that it's not going to be eradicated. It'll probably end up like something like the flu, where it's an endemic disease and you have to Mm -hmm. get a vaccine every year. And I feel like people spend so much energy getting mad at people over COVID. And it's like, you don't know what this vaccine is going to do in terms of ending it. Like, I feel like a lot of this anger is coming from a place of, I want to go to Dave and Buster's again. And it's like, that's still a long, 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 long way away. Hey, everyone, Jeff May here. Now, you probably know me from such podcasts as Unpopular Opinion, You Don't Even Like Sports, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, and Sideshow Sideshow. Well, I'm very excited to let you all know that Sideshow Sideshow is Sideshows No More, as I have officially moved on to start my very own podcast called... Jeff has cool friends. It's true. I do. Now, it'll still have that same long-form interview structure that I accidentally discovered I have a talent for, but with none of the shackles that come with having a podcast at the behest of a company that has to protect its licensing agreements and sales numbers. So please join me at patreon.com slash Jeff May, where I'll be bringing you periodic updates and musings, a show featuring all the coolest people I know, some I might not, and a lot of surprises along the way. I'm so, so, so excited to bring you this show that I will own. It's mine. You can't have it. Well, you can listen to it, though. And I can't wait to see where this goes. And I so look forward to you joining me along for this ride. So check me out again at patreon.com slash Jeff May. And I can't wait to see you there. Thanks for listening. See you soon. You want to know the last place I went to before the pandemic? The last time I hung out with friends? Fucking Dave and Busters. I went to a Mariah Carey concert in Las Vegas. I am shocked I didn't get COVID. It was February 29th. I went to a seance. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last thing I did with a group of people. That's probably how COVID got into the country. That's my bad. Yeah, you did that. I'll never forget because I was reading all of the articles about China and Italy. And there was a woman at the seance coughing. And I was like, this is the scariest night of my life for multiple reasons. There was a haunted doll and I might die of COVID. Yeah. Caitlin, just... you're never going to die. Oh boy. Here's to hoping you're wrong. I feel like. Yeah. Who <laughs> wants to you know, realizing on this podcast and not in a bad way. And this ties into Caitlin, how our DMs have kind of slowed down. I think I'm kind of over COVID in the sense that like I got vaccinated. I plan on getting boosters. I wear a mask. I socially distance. I'm not fucking around. I might move to a less popular place. And people are fucking idiots, and it sucks that we can't change their minds. Counterpoint, I'm going to kind of miss COVID. Not all the dying. I want people to stop dying. I wish all the people who died didn't die. I mm-hmm. feel lots of sympathy for the the long COVID people. All sure. of that. But this not seeing people stuff and not going anywhere. Mwah. Love it. Love yeah. it so much. I'm totally cool with the working from home vibe. My commute was insane before this thing happened. And I don't think it's ever going to change now, which is great. I'm really going to miss all that pressure to do LA bar shows. No, don't miss them at all. I mean, here's the thing though. There are people that their lives are going to be inextricably changed by the waves of COVID. If you're a stand-up comedian, we know a lot of them. If you're a live musician, if you're an actor, if you're a dancer, God, dancers. I feel so sorry for dancers because I mean, that's rough. Especially tiny ones. They can't even hold me close in a pandemic. That was rough. Yeah. (laughs) That was squeezing in my Elton John stand-up material. You can see me at Bar Lubitsch this Tuesday. (laughs) It's a joke for the 55 year olds listening to this. Gosh, let's hope Steve Buscemi was listening, but yeah, there are a lot of people though, that just, that that's not, I mean, you know, my husband works in commercial real estate and that sounds like something you can do from home. It's really not. He needs to be in an office with people. You know, there are lawyers there. They need that kind of environment, but there is no doubt that a lot of people did thrive in this kind of new normal situation. Like, well, you know I mean? look at the wealth of like the top 10 richest people in the United States and tell me they didn't fucking thrive. Yeah, they did great. Ugh. My biggest regret of the pandemic, like I'm not really involved in the stock market, 
and when everything went to shit, I remember having a thought of like, maybe this would be a good time to start investing. The market's never going to be lower than this. And I did it. But if I did, man. (laughs) Would have been smart. First world problems. It's a good story. Yeah, I'm curious about even myself. Like, when am I going to feel comfortable just doing shit again? Because even though I have the vaccine, like, if you got this vaccine and you're like, all right, well, now I'm going to go have unprotected sex with a public toilet seat. It doesn't work that way. You still have to, like, be (laughs) careful. And, like, I find myself forgetting that I'm even vaccinated. And I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere. And even then when I remember it, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work. Like, one thing we don't know about the vaccine, we don't know if it stops transmission. We know well, it, it stops it, people from going to the doesn't. hospital. Well, we don't know. We literally don't have yeah. enough data yet to know if it actually stops transmission. And that's the thing. If it doesn't, COVID's never going away. Like, it is going to be the flu, and we'll just have well, to deal with it every year. So I think the piece we're leaving out is the assumption that a greater technology doesn't evolve yeah. Like a better vaccine that better addresses and eradicates or, it and prevents it from being spreadable. Or better better therapies too. I mean, that's the other part of it. There are other pharmaceutical companies working on medicine that will mitigate the symptoms once you are diagnosed with it, which is basically what happens when you get things like strep throat. Because strep can kill you. People forget that that has a component that can absolutely kill you. It can turn into, you know, meningitis. I mean it can I can fuck you up? Or woman meningitis. Oh, you're right. People meningitis is what I should have said. I spell meningitis with a Y. Oh. Um, can I tell you a fun strep throat? Can I tell you a fun strep throat story? Please. I used to get strep throat all the time when I was younger. Oh, it sucks. Me too. And I got it so routinely that when I would get it, I got to a point where I just wouldn't do anything. Like I wouldn't even go to a doctor because it always would just clear up on its own. And I did that one time and it did not clear up on its own. Yeah. It turned into fucking scarlet fever. Yeah. Which was like mostly eradicated from society. And my doctor, when he diagnosed me, was like, you have scarlet fever. (laughs) I was like, what? Put that on the bingo card. Yeah. And he's like, you might get a heart murmur over this. And yeah, no. if I had gotten strep throat one more time, I was going to have to get my tonsils out. But then I never got it again. Maybe the scarlet fever killed it. It's possible. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is that there are going to be other therapies that come out. And also just there are people right now studying the progression of COVID in the lungs and they're going to find ways to help people with that. But the other thing is I'm interested to see if there's going to be a wave of news stories about people who have been in the hospital for three months getting their hospital bill because that's a rude awakening. I've been in the hospital for a couple of weeks and it's expensive. (laughs) Yeah. That'll put you out financially forever if you're a normal person. All right. I'm not going to have you slandering the American healthcare system on this podcast. Listen, Uh, Caitlin, there's a reason we have GoFundMe. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so people can pay their medical bills. My only hope is that enough people get super sick with COVID so that it highlights how fucked up our medical system is because. Yeah. But that's to push back on that. That's like saying, I hope there's another mass shooting. So people finally wake up to common gun sense laws. I understand, but here's the thing. People care more about money than they care about lives. So I feel like I have a stronger, I mean, it costs people nothing to stand up for their gun rights, but it costs people a hell of a lot more if they get a $750,000 medical bill from their COVID that they got at their cookout with all their friends. It hits different, unfortunately. From their COVID cookout. Their COVID. Their COVID-themed anti-mask cookout. Their freedom cookout. Yeah. Uh, I kind of don't like the vibes of, like, Joe Biden saying the 4th of July is going to be, like, our new Independence Day. Like, our independence from COVID. That's some fucking mixed messaging right there. Well, he stole the speech from Bill Pullman in Independence Day, which, you know what? I Whatever. I It's a great goal. It makes more sense than when Trump said Easter, which made no sense in that moment, even. I was like, that's not possible. But It, it could have been if we would have all done the things we needed to do. It could have been. Injected ourselves with Clorox. Yeah. Like, well, no, if we would have just worn masks no, and shit yeah. from the beginning, like it so, probably so, would have been, but we weren't even doing that. So 
So of Adam, since you, you have the ability to look into the future sometimes, well, let's talk about the possibility of this martial law scenario and when you think this could happen. I'm curious about what you think the timeline would be. I could see it happening if there's a bunch of lockdown protests, because that's different from Black yeah. Lives Matter protests. And uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> a lot of people will very much support us sending in the military or sending in troops to get these people who are out protesting and spreading COVID and take them somewhere and put them somewhere else. Yep. And I could see it like we just said earlier on the podcast that we kind of wish the government would have earlier instituted martial law early on. I would have been, I would have been like, that makes sense because then of course, you know, the other thing that could have happened is that people would have taken it fucking seriously. Like we needed to use, like, you remember when we were kids and they had dare or red asphalt when we were learning how to drive and they would like show people being peeled off the road and what smokers lung looked like they needed to do that for COVID. Fauci needed to get up there and be like, let me tell you how this thing works in your body. If it goes badly and then just scared the shit out of everybody and kept them home. Or when Trump got COVID, if he didn't survive, that might have, I mean, that launched a shitload of conspiracies, but that might have also shaken some people awake on this. No, it wouldn't have, because that would have turned to its own conspiracy. (laughs) I disagree. Isn't it insane that the president got COVID? Yeah. One thing I will say is I feel like a lot of Democrats, liberals, people on the left, whatever you want to call it, do have a little bit of collective amnesia about how they approached COVID. Oh, yeah. A broken clock is right twice a day when Trump started shutting stuff down and Pelosi's like, go have parades in the streets. Yeah, there were articles at the time that were calling what China was doing to lock down their borders draconian. We called Trump racist for shutting down the borders to travelers from China. And then come near the end of his term, we were like, why didn't you shut down the border sooner? And it's like, because of you, because you called him racist. I agree. And that's the thing. Like, this is a thing we should all be uniting over. And it's just another fucking partisan thing. Like, and that's why martial law will happen because Trump supporters wouldn't want something like that. So Trump's not going to do it. Biden supporters, on the other hand, will very much be like, Yeah, lock us down and get those people off the streets. So I could see it happening, I don't know, this year? You think this year? Here's the thing. As mad as people are about these lockdowns that are caused by COVID, there's going to be another subset of people who start getting mad that we're locked down because people won't fucking stay home. I agree. And eventually that faction of people is going to be like, arrest those motherfuckers, please. Have we ever truly been locked down? That's like people claim we have, but we've never actually had a lockdown. Nope. We had curfews of like, please don't be out after 10 p.m. unless you're going to work or X, Y, Z. But there's been no like real enforcement of the shit. It's all been the honor system, right? Well, because that is martial law. Once there's enforcement of it, that is martial law. And listen, people on the Internet, when you tweet about martial law, (laughs) M-A-R-T-I-A-L. It's not marital law? Marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L law is probably the name of a future Eminem album, but <laughs> it is not the thing you're thinking of. That's anyway, a great Eminem album title. I can't wait. Like if I was him, I would have called an album Marshall Law a long time ago. So many things would be better if you were in charge of things. Yeah. I whew, Do I Ooh, ever buddy. agree? Boy, is that the truth. That's how I feel about you. So I, I, I think- love you. Oh, I love you too. So how do people feel about me? I love you, Chet. Whoa, new ringtone right there. (laughs) (laughs) So next week on the pod, I want to give people some homework. I already talked about it a little bit, but me and Andy Sell are going to be talking about COVID horror movies. And there's a few you can watch. Host. Host is so good. Host Host is really fun. Is fun fantastic it is one of the best movies of 2020 it was my favorite movie of 2020 it's 56 minutes long which one of the reasons why it was one of my favorites i love a good short movie there is also a movie called safer at home which i think is very interesting because it depicts a lot of what we've been talking about in terms of martial law because it gets to a point where the people have to leave their homes and like every time they see the police they're like ah 
I'm going to a detention center. Great. There's another one I haven't watched yet, and I feel like it's going to be the stupidest of the three. <laughs> Songbird. It's called Songbird, and it is on Netflix, and I think I'm going to watch that too. But I think that I think that's the only three actual COVID horror movies that have come out. Do you think pop culture is just going to try to pretend this didn't happen largely other than the horror genre? No, no. You, you think we're going to get a lot of COVID based? I feel like more time needs to pass in order for the, for any story to feel real. If it's depicted in the COVID era, does that make I sense? I can see a lot of the doctor shows. Oh yeah. There Grey's is anatomy or whatever. There's already a movie on HBO Max called Locked Down, which is a romantic comedy that takes place during COVID. And it's actually very good. It stars oh. Anne Hathaway and what is the other actor's name? God, God damn immediate it. disqualification. What? I don't like her, oh, but we, I'll watch it. We don't I'll watch even, it anyway. We don't even deserve Anne Hathaway. Fucking love her. Okay. So yeah, next week we're talking about COVID horror movies, maybe just COVID movies in general. I do want to talk about lockdown. I thought it was good. I like Anne Hathaway. So do that before you listen to next week's episode. Watch watch some COVID movies, everybody. Do it. There's some good ones. I think that's our episode. Do we have any final thoughts? What's the first thing we're going to do when you get to go out and do stuff? I mean, Chet's already hitting the restaurants and stuff. Oh, fuck. I, God damn it. I almost didn't bring it up because I'm like, you're going to just make that the theme. I'll double down. Don't worry. Once my family's vaccinated, I want to go to Disneyland. I. It's at 15% capacity. That's the way to go, man. Like. If I can get into one of those 25% capacity baseball games. Oh, I was going to say that. Uh, Dodger Stadium? Yeah. That's my Because they're, they're selling in two, three, four, five, and six-person pods. 75% fewer people at Dodger Stadium? I can mean, we just keep that yeah. all but the I'm time? I'm concerned about the cost. If we could get tickets at a reasonable price, I'm yeah. down. But here's the thing. Like with the Disneyland thing, I would have at any point paid way more to avoid the lines so I my son could actually go on the things that he could go on. You know what I'm saying? So it's oh, like, yeah. if it's one day out of the whole year, then fine. I'll pay what I have to pay to enjoy the time at Disneyland. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's fine. And so we'll my, all be friend works, my friend works at a management company that represents a lot of big name talent and took me as her guest to their Disney day at work. And they hired, like, they're called the plaid guys or something, the plaid oh. service, where you pay like a yeah. thousand bucks an hour or something and they escort you to each ride and you cut everybody and i did all the rides in like six hours so i'll never do disneyland outside of that context again <laughs> that's what i mean is i feel like it's gonna ruin disneyland for my son which is fine because when i was a kid there were times where you could go to disneyland and you'd luck out and there weren't a lot of people there that used to happen and but so now because of the past which they are, thank God, getting rid of. It's just a nightmare every time, and it sucks. And I know we have to wrap this up, but one thing Chet said I think brings up an interesting point about this idea. If that comes to pass that, yeah, Dodger Stadium's open, it's 25% capacity, but because of that, tickets are way more expensive. That's going to start happening with lots of things, and what that will do is phase poor people out of even more shit. That yep. maybe they could do before COVID, but because of COVID and all these restrictions, now everything's too expensive and you can't do shit. And then that drives people to do underground shows and shit spreads even more. And it's just going to be another source of tension where we're yeah, like, division. fucking paradise, baby. I can put my feet up at a Dodgers game. And it's like, well, yeah, fuck face. You can afford it. And don't get me wrong. If I can afford it, I'm going to go. But I will go with a heavy heart for the people who can't afford it. Yeah, I just think that this thing has been poorly managed and it puts everybody in a bad position. Yeah, the end. Much. You know, I mean, it's like the people who you could point to that are at fault with this or have turned this into a personality and political discussion and not conversation about survivability and science. So here we go. It's going to be a ride. Here we go. Yeah, I love that we're a year in and we're still saying it's going to be a ride. I just celebrated my second COVID birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Happy birthday. Guess what I did? Nothing. Yeah, you know what I was going to do yet last year for my birthday? Nothing. Go to an arcade that was opening in the Burbank Mall that same week. I don't think that business ever got off the ground. Ooh. Yeah. March 15th, it was scheduled to open. Uh. Has your sous vide use gone up through the pandemic? 
my cooking in general is just off the charts to the point that I could open a five star restaurant. Yeah, I could quit <laughs> podcasting and just like own a food truck. Me and Adam both have HelloFresh and we both now we got good at demi glazes. I had HelloFresh for about three months and was like, got it. Thank you for the tips. <laughs> and now I can just cook like a motherfucker. It's great. I love cooking. I Me hate too. cleaning, but I love cooking. I so. cook dinner most nights now, which that's the thing. COVID has saved me so much money. Like, oh, that's the other Jesus. thing. I don't spend money on going out to dinner. Car insurance has fucking dropped. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we should probably wrap this up. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Me and Caitlin host a podcast called Pretty Scary that you should be listening to. You probably do. If you listen to this, you, you probably listen to Pretty Scary, but maybe not. Maybe you're maybe a jerk. not. Yeah. Maybe this is your first time listening to me say things. And if yeah. it is, usually I sound like this. Yeah, this, this is what we so, sound like. This is a good sample. If you're a subscriber on the Patreon or Supercast, you can hear me and chat do a monthly talk show, chat show called 69 Minutes. <laughs> Best show on the <laughs> yes. internet. Best show on the planet, I think is more accurate. Probably not, though. Mm. That's pretty good. Caitlin, do you have anything to plug? No. <laughs> yeah, who's got chat? Imperfect produce. They normally you can't customize your basket till 3 p.m., but it's 2.54, and I'm, I'm getting an early lead on it right now. I, I'm Fuck a, your Hello Fresh. I use Butcher Box, Ooh. which they just send you a box of meat every month with no instructions. Love it. Did you sign up at the point where you get free chicken wings every order? No, I get two pounds of ground beef with every order. For not, life, right? Yeah, not to brag. It's fine. Wow. Yeah, 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 it's fine. I also use Farm Fresh, which is like Imperfect Produce, but without the unsettling name. Because you can order meat from Imperfect Produce. I'm not ordering Imperfect Meats. Well, it's not just, I mean, they work with companies that maybe served to restaurants before and there's not as high demand, so they, they redirect. But the meat's perfectly fine. Imperfect Meat stresses me out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to get a duck with an extra wing. I mean, yeah, as much as I love like a the, wing, but it sounds like the three eye fish. At, at they sell these <laughs> egg bites now. Oh man, they're so good. Okay. All right. So Chet got his plug out of the way. Let's get out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Chet, say goodbye. I'm not. No, we're hanging out. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> what? Thank you, Chet. Fuck you. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye.